0: this episode.
1: Jason Alexander, who is known as George on Seinfeld, has started out as a theatre actor. He just has this panic attack. He just starts shaking and goes into a cold sweat again and again and every night. And now his confidence starts to get shaken, right? And at the end he just goes, I don't think I can be an actor if this is the thing that keeps happening. Tell them the goddamn story.
0: (laughs) What a great story. I love that story. Yes. Even though I'm the one on stage, this is actually about you. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan, And I'm Rob Grundle. Hey, hi, Rob. So good to see you again. I have you on the, on the podcast. Of course, Mark is up north uh, scuba diving on the Barrier Reef, I believe. Brilliant. <laughs> I know we're going to see some photos, Sean. I know there will be photos involved. So, um, looking forward to that. But today we've got a story to tell. I think Rob's got one for us, and I'm just going to throw it straight over to you, Rob, and so we can pull it apart.
1: Fantastic. Um, So,
0: Jason Alexander,
1: who is known as George on Seinfeld, um, some people may not know, was uh, started out as a theatre actor uh, um, before that. And uh, he tells this story on Pete Holmes's. uh, we Made It Weird podcast. So right. back in 1987, it was Jason's uh, third Broadway show. And it was a really big deal. It was a Neil Simon play, um, the famous playwright. And it was a really his first really great uh, role. And the set on stage was this two-story house. And one night uh, two months after the show started it's been going really well and you know Jason's feeling really uh, good in his his role there's a scene that happens where in one part of the house there's a husband and wife and they're having a discussion and in another part of the house Jason is asleep in the bed in a bed and in full view of the audience and so this scene comes around and it's important in this scene that he remains completely still because he doesn't want to take any of the focus away from you know the scene that's actually happening so jason's lying there in the bed and then he just has this panic attack he just starts shaking and goes into a cold sweat and he just wants to get off the stage like he's grabbing the edge of the bed and he wants to leave the stage but you know the oh, next sc- no. the, the next scene is is his the next scene is his big scene right Anyway, oh so he finishes God. that he finishes that night and he goes, oh, what was that all about? Crazy, crazy. Well, oh well. Anyway, next night, same point, husband and wife having, you know, the discussion. He's lying there in that bed. Same thing happens. Oh. Cold sweats, grabbing the bed and worse this time. And then again and again and every night. And now his confidence starts to get shaken right because he knows it's coming and he's beginning to freak out, and he's hum- he's humiliated by this as well, because you know he wants to be a good actor. and he- so he doesn't talk to the cast. He only mentions it um to his wife that this is happening. and um so it goes on for a month, every night, so it's like eight nights, you know, eight plays a week, you know, it's like every night and then a oh, matinee wow. And at the end, he just goes, "I don't think I can be an actor if this is the thing that keeps happening, yeah, now. This is in New York, and um, there's a acting guru at the time called Larry Moss, who was also um, Jason's uh, acting guru. And so finally, Jason gets the courage, and he goes to Larry, and he says, "Larry, you know, I'm having these anxiety attacks. You know, I've tried this, and I've tried that, and you know, Jason's just pouring his heart out, going, you know, I'm not sure if I can be an actor anymore. It's so hard, and all this kind of stuff." And he thought, you know, Larry was going to give him sympathy and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But Larry didn't miss a beat. He just says, Jason, you're an effing egomaniac. You know, it's all about you. You're going to pass out. You're going to ruin the show. You know, you, you, you. It's all about you. No one cares about you, Jason. You know what people are there for in the theatre? They want to see the story. Tell them the goddamn story. <laughs> now, Jason is so annoyed by this because, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to be coddled and, you know, given encouragement. Yep. And instead he gets exactly, you know, the opposite advice. He's so, you know, so angry by this. Anyway, the, the, the stage is, you know, the play is still happening. The next day or that, that, that night, in fact, he goes on stage and it didn't happen. He's lying there and it just went. No panic. No panic. So Jason reflected on this and thought, oh, man, rather than focusing on me, you know, in those in those quiet moments, I can focus on what's coming up next. Like the, his scene partner in the next scene was Jonathan Silverman. And instead he thought, how could I give Jonathan Silverman a great time in the next scene? What can I give him rather than always then thinking about what could he give? Um, what does he need for himself? <laughs> and in fact, J- Jason still teaches acting. And um, one of the core principles of his, teaching is making strong choices that make the other actors
0: look good. is that right yeah what a great story I love that story yeah I, I remember when you first told me that story um, a few months ago now I'd say and uh, and and, and I, I now when I have to give some big workshop or presentation I actually try to switch it around to uh, okay so, yeah, I'm just here to help those guys. My job is to help the audience. And I'm here to, you know do the best I can for the audience. And it does have a it does fi- uh, give you a different feeling, I think, uh, in terms of how you deliver things and how it comes across. Sean, sure, I had a really similar
1: experience. Like I heard this story at a very at the exactly the right moment, which is great when it happens with stories. Um, I was about to, for the first time in a while, fly um, to Europe and then to America to deliver at uh, two different conferences. And in, prep- in preparing for those conferences, I had been kind of making it a bit about me, going, Oh, am I going to be impressive? Like I knew who the other conference speakers were, and I was putting myself in a bit of a smaller box and like, Oh, can I match up to their present? You know, it was, you know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 claustrophobic right yeah but then i heard when i heard that st- jason its story on pete's podcast it just opened it up for me and i went oh i went what i thought what do people in that audience want they just want a good time they want to be given a technique that's useful for them yeah and they want me just to make it easy for them they they don't want to have to deal with my anxiety on stage they actually just want um you know, someone on stage who can lead them somewhere.
0: Yeah, to take exactly, somewhere, exactly. Know? And how did so, it? How did it? How did it feel as you stood up there and, and gave your presentations?
1: I had the best time. Right, I had the best time, and I, and and I wasn't combative with the audience, which is you know, it sometimes can feel that way, right? Even though they're not combating you, that's no. the mindset you've gone out with that this yeah. is something to be won or something like that. How but, instead, but instead, it felt like it was a thing that we were doing together.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's very very interesting. So let's have a look at this story, right? Yes. Um You know, uh, you know, some of the things that really stand out for for me on that story is uh, just the anguish you feel as yeah. as he's going through the cold sweats night yeah. after night, and 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 some of the descriptions, you know, of holding onto the bed and <laughs> you know shaking and 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 at the same time not trying to make a sound.
1: Right.
0: right. So, and in front of a massive audience. I mean, all these things oh. uh, create such a, I don't know, an image of dread. Really, um, my you know, palms
1: are sweaty right now as uh, you say that,
0: Sean. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, this is in terms of raising the stakes in that story. I mean, it is a really uh, concerning one, and I, I suspect too there is a growing understanding of that sort of anxiety in the world. Yes. Right. So I think that's happening as we as as anyone hears that story. More and more people will be able to resonate with it.
1: I love that, Sean. And in fact, that's true of my own experience, like going through COVID. Um, I'd never really experienced anything around anxiety before, but uh, certainly not to the level that Jason Alexander had it, but certainly, but you're exactly right. There are there have been some moments where when I listen to that story, I go, oh yes, that was like yeah, right, that, that day when these things
0: happened, you can draw a line. I can draw right. a line, yeah, yeah. I love that, Sean. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's that's like in terms of a story of its time, and it also has with it hope, right? Yes, As there is now who knows how often that would work for people, you know, but it is one possibility, right? Yes, um, so that's I think that's an interesting part. I mean, the, the way you set up the the imagery of the two-story house and all that sort of stuff—I, you know—I can really picture that, and um, and it's nice that you're able to use the playwright's name and obviously Jason Alexander's name. You know, like the like all that little detail. Yes, that just brings that story to life. What well, what bits in the story do you like telling?
1: Yeah, most? that's that's a great question. Um, I think describing all those emotional, those visceral emotional details is is fantastic, yeah. and then. The the punch of Larry's dialogue, what Larry Moss says to Jason Alexander, is lovely to deliver. Yes, yeah, you're an and you know, and I think
0: you toned it down a little bit for the podcast because I've, I've I've seen you do the full throttle version <laughs> of right. that, and it's a little scarier, right?
1: <laughs> I know, I think I think that it's it, it is that paradox or those those um those poles coming together, like what Jason is expecting, and then what he gets is. Is that's another visceral moment I feel. Yeah. Yes, um, I'm not sure if it's about a detail that I like telling, but I think a detail that it's crucial to the story to me is, um, Jace where this is in Jason's journey because I think it's an important detail. It's his third Broadway play, and it's his first kind of big role, and I think that idea of, um, as you know, leaders and people moving maybe through an organization and maybe stepping into a place that's new for them, it presents new challenges and that. Idea of, I'm going somewhere new, but now I've got this emotional hurdle to come across. I really like that detail in the story, and then, right, and then Jason goes, "Well, I might not be able to be an actor. Yeah, here's here's a here's a moment to prove myself, and oh no, I can't be an actor. I think I really like that little that, um, that construction in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Again, it's just that layering of another level of um. Uh, I suppose a challenge that's thrown in the in the in the face of of Jason Alexander, you know, that yes. this could this could really have terrible consequences for his life That's right. if he doesn't get it right. The stakes he doesn't are so high. Them. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stakes are high. Actually, I was uh, just recently I read a book uh, by David Mamet, you know, another playwright um, and screenwriter, and I was on directing. That's the name of the book, and uh, one of the things he thinks about is. Uh, is there anything I can take out of the story that still leaves it as the story? Yeah. You know And you know, I I, you know, I was sort of putting that little story through that test. and I, I don't think there's anything you really could take out of that story, right? You've got you know, the setup of the play and you know things are normal. Then all of a sudden they get thrown out and that's iterated multiple times to sort of amplify, severity of it and just how bad it is yes and then it's sort of bang it's like almost like knocked on its head just through that you know brutal advice (laughs) uh that he gets from his acting coach yes and then situation goes back to normal and and i can't think of anything you would take out of that right to st- and it would still be the same story.
1: I love that. That's a that's a great kind of the the stories Occam's razor, right? It's that's like, right, an Occam's yeah. razor version yeah. of storytelling, yeah. Yes. Um if there's a detail that I'd want that maybe I'd be curious about is what did he try during that month to in order to uh overcome it.
0: Yeah, right.
1: That that is might it, be that's a detail be and that could be instructive as well to a, to a listener, right? It's like yeah. because sometimes when these um mental health challenges come along your way, uh, you know, you might try a bunch of different things. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's really interesting. Now, in terms of business point, you know, if you're thinking about telling this story in an organizational yes. setting. Yes. You probably thought about this much more than I have on that particular story. Is there a particular business point that jumps out for you? Where might you tell this story? For sure.
1: I mean, I think any situation where the point needs to be this is not about you, which I think there's so many places in which that's applicable. Yeah. But perhaps perhaps in leadership settings, like if I observe uh, lots of, uh, you know, or name names, or, you know, we, we've all seen conferences. I'm going to be deliberately general here, Sean. <laughs> we've all seen conferences and people and leaders getting up on stages and they're worried about their vulnerability. They're worried about that that they share um, that they're not clear or they don't appear bulletproof and all these kinds of things, rather than actually opening up and and creating a um, a shared experience with their organisation and say and right. say I am with you yes or, or actually let me the primacy of this interaction yes even though I'm the one on stage this is actually about you yes even though I'm the one on stage this is actually about you and I and I've seen countless more examples of where it's been about the leader on stage than the other example of the, the other example I think is rare of a leader being on stage and it being a, about them. Yeah. Because the stage creates that imbalance, right? Where all of a sudden, it does. Yeah. You know, and, and I understand it. I'm not, um. I completely understand that once you stand on the stage, you want to appear invulnerable. That's a natural human reaction, but this story is instructive to yeah. the actor thinking another way.
0: I wonder if there's also something about, giving it to people straight. Oh. Sometimes they just need you know a very clear in your face response yes. as opposed to uh, a molly coddling wrap you up in cotton wool sort of approach to you know what's going on but sometimes people just need it right this is what's happening. Yes. Yeah, don't be so silly this is going on. Yes. I don't know maybe there's something along those lines.
1: I think it's. I think it's really strong. Um, right, and you're you're almost then using the character of Larry Moss as the instructive character. Yes, rather, rather than right. Jason, rather than Jason Alexander. Exactly. Like, you're how, you're how, how can it slightly? That's right. I I like that a lot. It actually makes that actually connects to lots of different stories for me as well. I once um. Early on, when after I started my consultancy in London, I was a coach for TEDx Brixton, uh, which was amazing. Right. It, was, it was run by um. Um, Stephanie Basari, who was uh, she was working for CNN, and this was kind of her pet project. It was brilliant. It was so great. All you had so many varied speakers, and one of the speakers was Mina Salami, who is a African feminist. And um, I think Stephanie might have been coaching her, and she kind of she said, oh, "I'm not quite sure what to do. Can you have a chat with chat with Mina?" So I, um, I had one call with Mina. And Sean, what do I know? about African feminism. I mean, <laughs> what do I know about feminism? That's already, you know, not set. Uh, and so, yeah, so already that is is already quite low. And then African feminism. So I, so Mina was like, um, you know, she, she shared her talk. And then I was really hesitant in giving my responses, even though I knew exactly what the talk needed. Um, you know, she she spent a lot of time at the front just, talking about what african feminism was and then towards the end she started telling these stories about her family it's like well those those should be you know swapped around and you know yada yada and deep in this and whatever but that's what i knew but what i said was um uh anyway (laughs) it finally came out so we had the we had the event mina did an amazing job and then afterwards we went to a bar in brixton called market house this upstairs bar it was you know loud and whatever and I bumped into Mina there and I said, you did a great job today. And I reflected this. I said to her, you know, on the call with you when we was coaching you, I was, you know, so, you know, umming and ahhing. And she's like, I was sitting on the call just going, just tell me. I just want to make this talk better.
0: <laughs> That's funny what we do, isn't it? Totally. You know, hold yeah. back on certain things. Yeah. That's so right. that, so that story, the Jason Alexander story uh, could be a good one for that type oh, of thing. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think there are two two points. If anyone else who's listening in, uh, you know, in the audience here, is, uh, yeah, let us know. We'd love to hear any other business points you can see uh, that this story could be applied to. That'd be yes. terrific. Yeah. Uh, I'd be very curious. Yes. Now we need to give this a rating, just for the, you know, you know the the the, the sort of veil of of um, you know sort of completion here. Otherwise, <laughs> That's right. Mark, Mark, Mark will be very upset if we don't. Um, but I I, for me I for me this is a this is a strong story so I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 I can see it going straight into the story bank I think it already has been put in my story bank and uh, and I've already told it so that's always a great sign right yes Look, what about you?
1: I give this a 9 out of 10, and I may not use... This is not an everyday story, right? It's not right. an everyday story, but for the cases where you want to use it,
0: I think it's brilliant. Spot on. Spot yeah. on.
1: So I'm so for that reason, I'm giving it a
0: 9 out of 10. I was just thinking, you know, this the, the likelihood of use sort mm-hmm. of uh, element of it. There are certain stories that will just get told over and over again because they just sit in that... Um, patois of what you say you know on a regular basis right you know like for example there's one story I'm telling over and over again because it's all about sort of the voice people have in their head about not telling a story when in fact they could and would Mm -hmm. have a great impact if they told a story and I find it's a story that just you know just tumbles out so easily and has a great impact and I love telling it and you know and you know when you when you hear the story it's not like you one you would rate really high as a this yes. is an amazing story but it serves my purpose really well. That's right. so I'm just there's a, something about um, that in terms of you can have a, a lesser story but it's told it's it's so useful in some ways yes. it has to have an impact on that rating. Yeah. So it
1: could, there, could, there could almost be two ratings right there's one there's a rating for utility and there's a rating in terms of maybe like impact.
0: Right, yes. Right, yeah. you know, something yeah. something
1: along those lines. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, let's not
0: do that. Fantastic. Yeah, we don't want any more ratings. <laughs> so. The first one's just a bit made up anyway. Fantastic. Well, it's so nice to have you on the show again, Rob. And um, and I think we've got maybe another show we'll do it together uh, before Mark gets back. But, you know, we'll get everyone along to uh, be part of the anecdotally speaking uh, as we move forward. So, no, it's terrific. Thank you.
1: Uh, I enjoyed telling the story and uh, really enjoyed the conversation as well,
0: Sean. Thank you. Okay. So anyway, everyone, thanks for listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. Yeah. And of course, tune in next week where you'll hear another story on how to put your stories to work. Bye for now.